Rosemary Rapp was a 68-year-old mother of two from Salineville, Ohio. She had a large family of brothers and sisters and was gradually overcoming some recent physical problems. On the morning of June 10, 2016, her husband woke up at 5 a.m. to find her sitting in another room. When he got up again at 7, Rosemary was gone. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. There's a reason that phrase has become part of the pop culture lexicon over the last 30 years. For those who don't know, it's a way we announce that a person is in our presence. For example, Ed Denzel is in the house. Even if, in fact, we aren't in a house. We may be at a picnic, at a bar, in a car. But we don't say those places because they aren't necessarily special. Our house, our home, our apartment... It's our special place. That is where we feel safest. That is where we are free to truly express who we are and be who we want to be without the influence of outside forces like society or peer pressure. It's the very reason a killer like the original Night Stalker was so feared. Because he terrorized victims in California right in their own houses. In the very places where people don't think bad things can happen. Well, in today's case, the disappearance of Rosemary Rapp, she was in her house, where she lived for over 30 years with her husband, Terrence. It was the place they felt safest. Nothing terrible could happen there, right? Then, Rosemary was gone. And what has followed is a long list of rumors and changing stories about who Rosemary was and what happened in the house. And now, a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Goodsight, charlieproject.org. Rosemary Rapp and her husband Terrence lived in Salineville, Ohio. They had known each other for over 40 years and been married for over 30. However, during that time, they didn't see as much of each other as a person might think. Terrence was a truck driver during the fracking boom and followed the business all over the country, being away from the house many weeks in a row. But he retired just a few years before Rosemary disappeared. The night before Rosemary vanished, she had a conversation with her sister Debbie. The discussion was heated and Rosemary hung up on her. When Debbie tried to call back, nobody answered. She tried several times to no avail. The next morning, Terrence woke up at 5 a.m. to find Rosemary not able to sleep and sitting in another room. He couldn't convince her to come back to bed, but he did so himself. When Terrence woke up at 7 a.m., Rosemary was gone. There were no signs of forced entry or violence anywhere in the house. The police were eventually brought in, and dogs followed Rosemary's scent out to the end of the driveway, then lost it. Rosemary was never seen again. The following issues have complicated the investigation into this relatively new disappearance. Terrence is changing stories as to what actually happened that morning, erroneous information regarding Rosemary's mental capacity at the time of her disappearance, and evidence in the public record that is completely 
untrue. Some of Rosemary's family believe foul play is involved. Others feel differently. The case remains unsolved. The interview for this episode is with Rosemary's daughter, Stacy Bison. Unfound news. It's the middle of the month, so you know what that means. Another unfound newsletter. I hope you got it. If you didn't, email me at unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. In this issue, you will find the cover for Volume 4, which will be coming out within the next month. My discussion about some cases that I've been working on that are very long-term projects. And my additional thoughts on Laura Bible and Ashley Freeman's case, where the suspects have been named. And the capture of the original Night Stalker. So please, join the newsletter. Next, I've been posting more of the older episodes to YouTube. I now have some time to do so since Volume 3 is completed. Have you seen them? The most recent ones posted are Clinton Nelson, Troy Galloway, Patty Action, Danielle Bell, Evelyn Hartley, Dal Phillips, and Tyler Stice. Please subscribe to the channel, and I promise to post them a little more frequently. Finally, the next TribLive.com article will be coming out next Sunday, May 27th. This will be a disappearance that occurred in downtown Pittsburgh in 1994. I will be sure to remind you next week. While I'm at it, I need to offer condolences to the Trib family. They lost one of their editors this past week to cancer. Jim Borden was actually in charge of the disappearance articles I've been working on with Stephen Huba. I got to speak with Jim a couple times. He was a good guy. He will be missed. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. In particular, please join us on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern for the Unfound Facebook Live video show, which is hosted on the Unfound podcast page, not in the private group. You can email the program, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com, the website, unfoundpodcast.com. Please check out the secret Stephen Kocher episode. The website at Trib Total Media, triblive.com forward slash news forward slash unfound. Unfound has Patreon and PayPal accounts. Your contributions provide for many of the items guests have received so far. I cannot thank all of Unfound supporters enough. Recent contributors are Dylan, Shuri, Stylianos, Janet, and Sherry. Unfound Merchandise, Volumes 1, 2, and 3 on Amazon in both paperback and ebook form. Let's try to work on getting some great reviews for Volume 2 and 3 now. If you bought them, please give them nice reviews. The playing cards, go to makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfound podcast and search for almost all Unfound's cases at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com. This includes the flagship t-shirt, The First Year Cases, that has a collage of everyone from Suzanne Lyle to Jennifer Wilkerson in it. Please check it out. And please mention Unfound on all True Crime Facebook pages and other websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the daughter of Rosemary Rapp, Stacy Bison. Stacy, welcome to Unfound. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good this evening. Thanks for asking, Stacy. How are you? I'm good. Okay. Hanging in there. Great. Tell the listeners a little bit about your mother, Rosemary. Maybe we should start here. How many brothers and sisters, how many children did Rosemary have? 
me and my brother. Um, his name's Anthony. Okay. And is he uh, your older or younger brother? He's my younger brother. Okay. So your, your mother, Rosemary, had uh, two children. And what kind of mother was she to you and your brother? Um, when she was younger, it, she was, you know, a little rough around the edges. And I tell everybody she wasn't perfect, but she did the best that she could. Um, she made mistakes as we were growing up. Um, I went to live with my father when I was eight and my brother stayed and lived with her. And, uh, I came back to live with my mom when I was 17 and, um, we, we, uh, had disagreements here and there, just like mothers and, and daughters do. Sure. But, um, uh, we always, she, I, I never doubted that my mom loved me and no matter what our disagreements were, um, she would never, you know, not tell me she loves me or, you, you know, I always knew it. I, I always knew she loved me no matter what. So. And so your, your mom and dad got divorced at some, some time when you were young or? Yeah, I was two years old when my uh, mother and father got divorced. Oh. Um, and my brother was a year old. So, um, they were young when we were, um, born and it was, a there's a lot of issues, um, with my mother and father and, um, my father wasn't it wasn't ready to be a father, I guess is the best way I can say it. Okay. So, all right. That's interesting that, uh, when your parents separated, uh, my perception is that if children do get set up, the, the son split up, the son goes with the father, the daughter stays with the mother, but, but in yours, it was switched. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, like I said, me and my mom, when I was younger, um, we butt heads a lot. Um, I, I never really understood, um, the issues that my mom had. My mom had a rough childhood growing up also. And so I don't think that with her being young as she was too, I don't think she really knew how to handle both kids at one time being a single parent. And back then it was a little more difficult than it is nowadays to be a single parent. And, um, I think it was just easier for her, for me to go with my father and her to keep my brother. So, okay. Okay. Did she work? Did she have a job? What, what were some of her hobbies and interests that you remember? She, um, she, um, worked at, at nursing homes, um, several different nursing homes. Um, she worked when I was young, uh, and lived with her, she worked as a cocktail waitress. She always had one or two jobs at a time. She always tried to make sure that we were well taken care of and that we, you know, had clothes on our back and food on the table. So she would work more than one job at a time to make sure that was, that we were taken care of. Okay, good. So good. Now. She did not stay a single woman, I guess, after she got divorced. She uh, met another guy, and he's, got, of course, very, very prominently in this interview. His name is Terrence Rapp, um, and you were, I guess, at least partially raised by him. Um, they had been married for quite a few years before your mother disappeared. Uh, how did they meet, and what kind of relationship did they have? Uh, my mom was introduced to Terrence through our babysitter. Um, our babysitter introduced her to Terrence and then they got together. And um, I think I was like four, 
four or five years old when they got together. I'm pretty sure it was around four years old when they got together. And like I said, our babysitter introduced them and they um, kind of clicked right away. And they did, you know, he would spend a lot of time with us and helping my mom out with various things, you know, made it a little easier on her as being a single parent. So um, mm-hmm. he was always a, a father figure in my life since I've been young. So okay. even though, like you said, you went and lived with your uh, biological father, your real father for a while, um, you did at least see your mother and your stepfather once in a while. And then, like you said, you went back to live with your mother when you were 17. Yeah, I went back to live with my mom when I was 17, but um, I only seen my mom when I lived with my father a handful of times, not due to my mom or my fault. It was due to my father's fault. Um, He kept me away from my mom. So I missed out on a lot of those years of um, seeing my mother. I only got, like I said, I only got to see her a handful of times. Um, My father, just being very frank, was... um, the best way I can say is not a very good father. And he kept me away from my mom okay. to hurt, to hurt my mother. So, um, back then the, a lot of the situations were a lot worse than they are uh, today. So, okay. um, you know, it was a, a sticky situation. He more or less didn't want my mother, but didn't want her to have a relationship with anyone else more or less. You know, so he so. must have been maybe pretty upset when she got married again to Terrence. Yes. Okay. How would you say that um, Terrence, being that your brother was living with your mother, how would you say that he was as a as a father figure, I guess you'd say, to your brother Anthony? Um, anything that my brother wanted or needed, he, Terrence had no problem giving it to him. Um, he was very well taken care of, um, had the best of everything. So he was, he was, Terrence was a very good father to Tony Anthony. And, um, I don't see any, um, anything that Tony needed that he didn't get more or less, you know? So, um, so your, your brother, Anthony got to know Terrence, uh, a lot better than you, ex- at least during those teenage years when you weren't around, but then eventually you went back and I guess right. that's finally, of course, they'd probably been married for a while, but that's when you finally got to know Terrence and you got to see him, uh, with your mother. Uh, what did you think when you saw their relationship up close when you went back to live with them? Um, my, my stepfather, Terrence, uh, worked a lot on the road, so he would, he would work like six weeks on the road and be home for a few months and then back. Um, so when he was home, it was perfect. I, I didn't see any indiscretions. I didn't see any bad moods towards each other, anything of that such nature. Um, I thought he treated her very well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, pretty much anything she she wanted, she pretty much had. And, uh, I, I turned to Terrence as like my father. I, I called him dad because he, he stepped in being that guidance that I needed, um, as a father because, and uh, so you, you and he got along pretty well then. Yes, sir. Yes, we did. Okay, good. 
So you, uh, of course, teenager, you go back to live with them. You go into your 20s. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if you are not here to talk too deeply about your personal life, but right. uh, you become a young woman. They're still married. And just to be clear, how many years were they married before uh, Rosemary disappeared? Um, they were together for 47 years, married 32. All right. So, and she disappeared in 2016. Yes. Let me do. So they got married sometime in uh, like 1984, something like that. Yes. Okay. So a long time marriage. Um, and you, like you said, from what you saw of it, I'm going to guess at some point you moved out of the house, you had your own life yes. and your perception was that, uh, they still continue to get along pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I had, my mom had no complaints. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, he he would be on the road a lot, and then he would come home for a few months and then go back on the road. Um, when he was home, they did. And what did well. he do? That's just what was his work that he did? Oil pipeline. He worked on the oil pipelines. He was an X-ray technician on the oil pipelines. Okay. So, so they live in Salineville, Ohio, and. Would you say, like, maybe within the last couple of years before she disappeared, how often were you talking to your mother? How often were you seeing her? Um, I tried to get down because where I live, it's like four hours to get down there. So I would try to get down there as much as possible. My mom and my stepdad would come up here. Um, I didn't talk to my mother as much as I wish I would have, um, you know, because like I said, me and my mom got along and we loved each other, but we didn't always agree on everything. So we would always, we would take breaks if we felt that something was getting, um, if, if we were butting heads more or less. So we would take breaks. So, so we wouldn't say anything or hurt each other's feelings. So I wish I would have now, I wish I would have, you know, talked more, seen more. But it wasn't like we never talked, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, sometimes you just had to agree to disagree. Right. But another thing, too, is there was other um, issues. Now, I didn't know then, but I know now there was other issues that, to okay. be honest, kept me away from my mother. OK, so. we're going to we're going to get into that in a moment. Thank you. Um now, your mother did, we do have to talk about some things, once again, leading up to her disappearance. She did have some physical issues. Not We're going to talk about the non-existent mental issues here in a moment. But physical issues, had she had some surgeries, something like that, before she disappeared? Yeah, she had knee surgery, and um, she had back surgery and neck surgery. Um, the knee surgery, she was walking on a walker because she couldn't walk on her own. She would fall down. and. Uh, the knee um, was like three weeks before um, her disappearance. She had the knee surgery and her knee was still quite sore and swollen. And she couldn't walk at all without a walker or a wheelchair um, at all. So um, the back and neck surgery had been healing, it had healed, but it was still owie. So um, she still had issues with being uncomfortable with that also. Okay, maybe we need to remind the listeners at the time of her disappearance, she was in her mid-60s. Yes, she was 68. All right, so she has these, uh, had some knee issues. Um, I'm going to just, would just what we would be call, what you may call, like just from old age, 
yes. from just being in your 60s? It wasn't like she was in a car wreck or anything like that? No, no. Okay. Just normal things that go wrong as people get older. Um, so that's what she had on um, these operations. She needed a walker to walk. Even at the time of her disappearance, she needed a walker. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. All right. Now, something that, of course, before we conducted this interview, you uh, and I agreed that we really have to really, really stress this. Because there are in multiple places, uh, NamUs, uh, my friend uh, Megan Goodsight, charlieproject.org, that talk about that Rosemary had dementia. Is that true? She did not have dementia at all. Um, that was a total false story. Um, the doctors, all her doctors have been um, talked to and got reports from, and no one said that she had dementia at all period. Okay. She never had it. And like you said, maybe you didn't talk to her as much as you wish you would have, but, exactly. uh, in any conversation that you ever had with her, any time you saw her, did she ever forget your name or forget where she was? You know, some of those signs that may no. be signs of dementia ever. No, no, that was totally false. She never had dementia, not even some of the reports was she had early onset of dementia. Every doctor has told me and the, the police department that she had no signs of dementia at all to your so to your knowledge and to the doctor's uh, um of course educated opinion there was nothing mentally wrong with your mother no there wasn't okay very good another okay so we have that established she had some physical issues but no mental issues no dementia and no schizophrenia anything like that um she had depression once in a while but that was okay. about it okay all right so this is not a case, I want to stress for the listeners, Rosemary's disappearance is not a case of somebody with dementia, dementia just walking off. We know that that happens, it's unfortunate, it's very sad, but I want to stress, this case is not one of those kinds of cases. Something else um, that went on, I'm not sure how long before disappearance, but uh, Terrence had retired. Why don't you um, tell the listeners a little bit about that? Um, Terrence had retired, um, a couple years before my mom's, um, disappearance. And, um, from talking to my mother, um, things were getting stressful, um, with all her, you know, back surgeries, neck surgeries, medical issues, um, you know, physical, she had to ha have a lot of uh, doctor's appointments and surgeries and things of that such nature. And um, she had stressed several times that it was starting to get um, to be too much for t for Terrence. To, uh, and he had stressed to her that um, it was getting to him. So, uh, so what was exactly getting to him? Um, driving her places, being that she maybe couldn't drive on her own or maybe helping her uh, maybe in the shower or the tub, things like that. What do you think that that meant at the time? I think it just meant that he was just, um, tired of taking care of her period. I mean, their whole relationship, he had been on the road and only been home a few months. Oh. And, and then all of a sudden you're, he's retired and he's home 24 seven. Um, like I said, she had a lot of medical problems, um, health issues, and needed, it required a lot of um, attention. And um, I think that um, she told 
she had told me that he was getting tired of taking care of her. Okay. Do you think that this could have been a situation and a lot of, I'm not married, I've never been married, but this could be something, a situation where a couple is together for a long time, but like you say, because of work or something, they don't see a lot of each other. And then once they do start seeing more of each other because of a retirement or something, maybe they find out they don't have as much in common or maybe they don't love each other as much as they thought. Is that um, I, I honestly think that that um, could be a big possibility um, okay. because like, like, like you said, and I said, when you're on the road six months out of the year in your home, it's like all, all new again, because you're only home for a few months and then you're leaving again. So, you know, that um, newness, every time he would come home, it was like, Oh, I didn't see you for six months. I'm happy to see you. You know how that goes, you know, yeah. refreshes the relationship because you're home, you're only home for a month or two. And so I don't think that the real issues, I think there was issues, but I think they were just kind of covered over because he wasn't home enough to deal with all the issues. Okay. To be honest. Very good. All right. Thank you. All right. And I'm this next topic, I think you mentioned that you'd found out some things after the fact, we're gonna. I think this is going to be a topic that you didn't find out until your mother disappeared. There was actually a domestic call at one point to your mother's, uh, your parents in your mother's house. Uh, how long before she disappeared did this happen, and what happened? What did you find out happened? Um, I found out um, it was. I'm trying to remember the exact time, but I know it was before her disappearance. I'm thinking two or three months before um, she disappeared, but there she she called the police department and told them that um, he was going to kill her. And um, mm. yeah, and and that he was loading the gun to kill her. And then the phone hung up. And she called them again and she said, he's loading the gun. He's going to kill me. You have to help me. And the dispatcher asked to talk to him, which I didn't understand why, you know, someone's telling you that her husband's trying to kill her and you want to talk to him on the phone. That really upset me. But anyways, he got on the phone and told them that she was crazy and that he didn't know what she was talking about. And, um, come to find out that the, the police end up going out there and he had my mom face down in the ground with his knee on her back, holding her down when they got there. And, um, they ended up taking her to the psychiatric floor. Um, and she got checked out by all the doctors and said there was nothing wrong. She was released in three days. So you, cause they usually hold you for 72 hours and she went to 72 hours and they felt that she didn't need to be there. So they let her go home. Um, okay. So let me get this right. He is the one that is what I would say terrorizing her, but they take her away. Yes, sir. Interesting. And okay. I have it. It's all in the police report that I have, um, saying that, um, there, the doctor said there was nothing. She didn't need to be there. Okay. So to um, your knowledge in your mother's life, all 68 years, had she ever been, admitted to a, a psychiatric hospital or for, you know, put in hospital for observation any time in her life, to your knowledge? Um, uh, when she was younger, she was. 
um, okay. due to an issue that uh, happened when she was younger. Okay. So. But not as a grown woman and not within maybe even a couple decades of her disappearance. Um, not to my knowledge. Okay. Um, like I said, my mom had issues when she was a younger person, mm-hmm. um, which we all do. But when, as she got older, um, she realized and was trying to make right with everybody. You know what I'm saying? She was trying mm-hmm. to, um, make rights with everybody. And, and she had, um, came very close with the Lord and, um, reading her Bible and knowing that she had to get forgiveness for everybody before, um, she could be right with everything and everybody. So that's what she was doing. Okay. So is it your opinion that this domestic call? And of course that when she got sent to the psychiatric hospital for observation, do you think this is where this story of that she might have had dementia started? Yes. It's kind of the root of it right there, a couple months, like I you think. said, a few months before she disappeared? Yes, I do. Okay. We're going to cover one more issue regarding uh, your mother in those months before disappearance, and then we're going to get into um, you know, what actually happened on the, the day and evening that she disappeared. Did your mother tell you that she believed that maybe Terrence maybe had another woman in his life did she ever Uh, did she tell you that before she disappeared yes um several years ago um she had pretty good proof that he had been having a marital affair Mm -hmm. um but it was never proven proven um but yes she she did feel that um terry was even when he was after he was retired she even felt that that was an issue okay and we're not going to get into any names, but your mother did have a suspicion on who the woman or women might be. Yes. Okay. We're just going to leave it at that. Okay. okay. So let's go to the day of the disappearance. What do you know about that day? Well, it all started the night before on um, June 9th, um, 2016. Um, according to... Um, the police and um, my private investigators reports um, the night before she was talking to her sister on the phone and they argued and um, my mom has the had the phone set up out there because they lived out there in the middle of nowhere that if you called and she was on one line she could flip over to the other line um, to talk to so she didn't miss calls and um, she was talking to her sister and they got in an argument and um, the f- she hung up on her sister and her sister kept trying to call back and the phone was busy. So that meant the phone was off the hook. And um, according to uh, reports and that's kind of where it started um, was the night before. Um, no one talked to my mother after that argument on the phone and the phone went busy. Um, so I, have you found out it, for this conversation and, and we can use the, uh, I think the sister's first name, her name is Debbie. Do you know that if Debbie called her or your mother called her, who called who? And, um, was this, um, the normal kind of conversation that they had where maybe, I mean, I have two brothers and a sister and we don't get along all the time either. Um, 
what was the the situation? We don't need to go into the specifics of their argument, but uh, what were just the details? What was the time and the length of this conversation? Do you know anything about any of that? She had talked to her other sister, Helen, for like four hours on the phone. And wow. Helen had to help get her sister, her husband ready for bed because her, her husband's sick. So they hung up and my mom had called her sister, Debbie, and they got on a conversation that was pretty heated. And um, like I said, uh, they were on the phone, according to phone records, they were on the phone for like a half hour. And then my mom hung up on her and she kept trying to call back. Phone records show that Debbie had tried to call my mom back for like three or four times for like 10 or 15 minutes after that. And the phone just was busy and nothing. So. Okay. And so what you're saying is De Debbie was very honest with you and saying that, you know what? Yeah, I did talk to your mother the night before. And yes, the conversation was not very nice. She, right. she told you that. That's how you know that. Yes. That Debbie told you that. Okay. Yes. And it's also in my police report. Okay. And so she must have told that to the police or Mary, yes, maybe Terrence heard the conversation and told the police too. Um, I, I, was the Debbie ever tell you what their argument was about? Did she ever say? Um, yeah, she, I, she told me her version of what, um, the conversation was uh, about. Okay. Well, let's, let's hear what Debbie's version is then. If she told you this, um, she said that they were arguing over my mom. Um, was accusing Debbie of having, um, exact words was my mom was accusing Debbie of having a thing for her husband. Okay. No, no instant, no belief that there was an actual affair going on, but maybe they were maybe just a little too chummy or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I would okay. say, you know, um, my mom, that was the only person that my mom, accused of that so it, okay I think but, in my mom's but eyes, to be clear she, debbie owned up to this this is of course your mother disappeared right after this phone call okay maybe mm -hmm. terrence wasn't privy to the phone call the reason we know the contents of this phone call is because debbie told you right okay and this is what the reason and of course i'm sure debbie says that that wasn't true and that's what the argument was about right okay all right so that was the argument um about that we don't know if that's necessarily true or not right. but at least debbie owned up to you she didn't say that it was a nice conversation you know she said it was heated and that speaks to her credibility and her honesty and that was very good of her so right. she tried to um call back and your mother never picked up the phone what happened next um the next thing was the next day um, first of all, how did you find out maybe that, um, something was going on? Was it right that maybe your mother had disappeared? Um, no, he didn't bother calling me. Um, he had called other family members and, um, they told him that he needed to call the police department. They got a hold of me through one of my children and I called him and asked him what was going on. Um, no one bothered to call me and tell me my mother was missing. And um, that okay. was very upsetting for me because I had to find out through one of my children, you know what I mean? And I sure. should have been one of the first people that was called, and I wasn't. I had to find out through secondhand that my mother is missing. So, um, that so was Terrence upsetting. never called you 
No. Somebody called one of your children and they told you. Yeah. All right. So did you drive down there? What did, what did you personally do? I, I guess this would be now on June 10th, 2016. Yeah. And we'll get into what Terrence said uh, went on. But what did you personally do that day then? Um, what happened was um, a week before my mom came up missing, I fell off of a ladder and busted myself up pretty good. Wow. So, um I was going through all that, like I said, a week before that, and um, he, I had called him and talked to him, and he said, I don't think you need to come down here. You're not going to be of any use, especially with a broken arm, and then he said, I don't think you need to come down here because you might mess up the scent of your mother. Um, so I, at this point in time, and I want to make this perfectly clear, okay. at this point in time, I didn't have any reason not to believe what I'm being told. Okay. Um, and what did Terrence, so when you finally did talk to Terrence, and like you said, he told you, you know, at least for now, you know, this may be nothing. She may pop up, stay where you are four hours away, but you did have to ask him, you know, what he knew, he, what he knew and what did he tell you? Um, I asked him what was going on with my mother, um, uh, that I was told that she was missing. And, um, his first conversation with me was, um, she's done this before she's taken off before and she comes back in three or four days. I think she just got mad and, and left. And then, um, he was asking me various other questions about my new house, about my fall. And then, um, he said that, uh, he, this is his story after he thought that she walked off or whatever. He said mm -hmm. that he had got up at five in the morning and she was in her room tinkering around and he asked her um, what she was doing. She said, I can't sleep. So I'm just, you know, doing stuff in here. Oh, well, he went back, went to the restroom and went back to bed. Um, he said that he had woke up at seven and uh, looked around for my mom and she wasn't there. She couldn't, he couldn't find her. He said he walked, looked around in the house. Needless to say, my mom was walking around on a walker. So um, he said he couldn't find her. And, um, was the walker there? Did he say? He didn't say. Okay. But, um, he said that, uh, he couldn't find her, looked for her and looked for her and she was just gone. And, uh, mm -hmm. she, he left with just her nightgown on, no shoes, no purse, no ID, no nothing. So she didn't even take one of the cars. And I, I'm, I'm guessing no. that maybe she couldn't drive anyway, maybe because of her issues, but right. all the cars were there. Yes. Okay. Now, maybe you need to tell the listeners, at what time did he finally let, of course, we know that how you found out through one of your children, but when did Terrence actually call somebody on June 10th to tell them that Rosemary was missing? 3.30 in the afternoon. All right. So he's saying that at 7 in the morning, at least what he told you, he gets up, she's gone, 7 in the morning. He doesn't let anybody else know, at least to your knowledge, doesn't call the police or anything until 3, 30, 3.30 that afternoon. Right. Okay. And then it was your family that ended up calling the police? He ended up calling the police himself Okay. at 3.30. Okay, that's when he did that. Yeah. All right. And so he told you this story. Um, you, of course, believed it at the time, which seems like a plausible story. And given that there might have been this, of course, we know it's not true, this idea out there that maybe Rosemary had some sort of 
uh, dementia or something. I guess it's within the realm of possibility that some people hearing Terrence's story might think, yeah, maybe she just walked out the door. Right. You know, and and it should be noted that uh, Terrence and Rosemary lived on a fairly large property. Uh, 139 acres. Okay. Wow. 139 acres. Okay. And are there like woods and streams and valleys and things in the, on this property? Yes. Um, everywhere you look, there's like hills and trees and the nearest, um, neighbor is like half a mile down. So, uh, might even been further than that, but yeah, they got ravines that go like 300, 300 feet down. Um, there's, it's just all land, all farmland. So even with her physical condition, I'll just say she could have wandered off this property. There's trees, there's woods and everything and easily got lost or something like that. Were any tr- searches done on June 10th, 2016? Yes, yes there. Um, I found out through the police department that there was a search done. Um on the day on june 10th and then there was a search again two days later um with dogs okay and in either of those did they find anything any pieces of clothing did the dogs hit on anything what they find um they hit on a few things in the garage but um they said that that uh, there wasn't anything that would pertain to my mom's case all right now, uh, as you said, the days after this also happened, but right after Rosemary disappeared, Terrence yeah. disappeared. Well, can you days. tell the listeners about that? When did that start yeah. happening? Um, he disappeared. Um, she came up missing on a Friday, June 10th, mm-hmm. and he came up missing Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And um, I kept calling him. And calling and calling and other family members were calling and calling and he wasn't answering because he wasn't there and finally on Tuesday I got a hold of him and I asked him I said are you okay what's going on you know couldn't get a hold of you been trying to get a hold of you. he said he needed to get away to clear his head so. so just so we're understanding this correctly you said that the police searched that day and then a few days later they brought the dogs out so what you're saying some of these searches were done on the property and Terrence was gone. He didn't take mm-hmm. part in them. He didn't oversee them. Nope. He didn't stay at the house. He just took off. No, nope. no. Um, Terry, uh, Terrence has uh, never, not once, um, helped in a search um, at all. Did any of the police, if you can say, you don't have to say, but if you can say, uh, did any of the police who were on the scene at the time, maybe you went down there? I mean, were you down there at this point, down there to see what was going on? No, because every time I would try to go down, he would tell me that the police, he would, like I said, I want you to understand, I believe mm-hmm. everything he said, because I had no reason not to at this time. Right. He would tell me that the police wouldn't want me coming down there because I'll mess up her scent if they can find it. Um, there's no, none of the fam- they don't want none of the family members down there. So he was telling me that I wasn't needed down there. And then you know, he would use my arm as an excuse where you don't need to be down here. What are you going to do with a broken arm? You know, I mean, okay. like I said, I, I was being told this stuff. I was being told that the police were telling him for everybody in the family to stay away. Okay. So, so and I understand you live four hours away, but for those three days that he was gone, you couldn't have talked to him. So 
at, at that time that he was gone from the house, you were also still uh, wherever you else you live in Ohio. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So going back to my question from before, um, when you finally did go down there, and I know you finally did, did the police or anybody ever offer up a theory as to where Terry went, Terrence went? Do you to this day know where he went? Did it no. sound to you like the detectives or anybody who were looking into this seemed suspicious of Terrence leaving like he did? Everybody was suspicious and nobody knows where he was. Okay, so he could have gone to Vegas, he could have gone to Miami, he could have gone to Canada, we, we just don't know. We don't know. All right, and so he said to to, to clear his head, um, did he drive? I guess he drove and yeah, drove and maybe he drove to an airport and flew somewhere. We, we just don't know. Do you know if he went with anybody? No, we don't know that. See, the thing is, is everybody thought that it was a missing, um, missing case, um, mm-hmm. that she just, you know, left on her own at first, you know, until things started progressing. Um, everybody just thought that maybe she just left because, um, when Terry called the police department and talked to the dispatcher, he told the dispatcher, um, which I have report on this, uh, he called, told the dispatcher that he was outside in his pool barn and she came walking out of the house through the garage and they have a gravel, long gravel driveway and that she had come walking out with a gun and he asked her what she was doing and she says i'm going to take this gun and commit suicide and she proceeded to walk down the driveway and get into a car with my biological father um now we just we have to set this up though stacy so he already told you one story on the phone but then this is a second story this is a completely different story from what he told you Yes. And he said that he got in the car with my biological father. My biological father at this time had been dead for three years. So the story is false. There's no way that she could have got in the car. And then when he was questioned about that, um, she, he said, well, it was with her other ex-husband because she had been married before Terry um, to a a second gentleman. And he's been dead for like five. So that just blows the whole story out of the water because she couldn't walk for one without a walker. Mm-hmm. And two, if you're, if someone tells you they're going to take a gun and kill herself, you're just going to let them walk away. I don't think so. And she couldn't get in a car with my father because he's been dead. So the stories um, have changed several times. And what have the police, uh, if you can say, you don't have to, once again, I know that some of these communications are going to be private, uh, that mm-hmm. you don't want to put in a public interview. Um, right. but have your, uh, have the police ever offer up any theories or that I'm going to guess that they're a little suspicious of, I, I get, let me start this over. Uh, are the police aware that Terrence has changed his stories several times? Um, they're very much aware, um, he has told, like I said, he told me one story, he told the dispatcher a story. He's told my aunts, um, my s- several other aunts, different stories, uh, totally different stories from what he has told other people. Um, and my, in my thinking, if you have nothing to feel guilty of, then there's no reason to change a story seven times. 
of course not. Um, this, the story has changed seven times. And now the story is that she was kidnapped out of the TV room. So it's another story. Um, I don't like uh, accusing people of anything, but if you're not guilty, there's no reason to change your story. What is what is the official story that is on file with the police report, the department in Selineville, Ohio? It's the one that he told the dispatcher. That's the actual one. Um, that's that the first story that you heard. Yes. That's that he got the, up at 5. Yeah. She was tinkering around in another room. He goes back to bed. He gets up at 7 a.m. and she's gone. Yeah, that was the original story to the family. But when he called the dispatcher, um, the dispatcher, um, he told the dispatcher about her walking down the, the driveway with the gun and getting in the car with my biological father. That's what he told the dispatcher when he called to report mm. her missing. Okay. But on the actual written out police department, like when a detective shows up or a police officer shows up, what does that report say? That report says that she he got up at seven or at five in the morning and she was um, in the bedroom. And, you know, um, he went to the ask her what she was doing and then he went to the restroom. And then when he got up at seven, she was gone. Okay. Um, all right. I think then, it's important. I think I know that he's told all these stories, but it's yeah. important, for, I think, for the listeners to know the report that is in the hands of Selineville or whoever is investigating this disappearance. I think that's right. kind of important yes. because it's easy to get confused as to all these different stories and who he told what. Yeah. But the police, um, the story they have in their records is the one that was originally told to you over the phone. Correct. Correct. Okay. Let's go into some of the other things. I know that you've actually been keeping a number of uh, – well, while he was gone, did did anybody, did any of your family go into the house, see anything strange inside the house uh, that was noteworthy while Terrence was gone for those three days? Because I know once he came back, um, it couldn't be as easily accessed. Let's just put it that way. Anything it wasn't, it wasn't easily accessed while he was gone either because he locked that house up and nobody – was able to okay. get into the house at all, um, at you know, period. So, um, okay. that wasn't, and he, he doesn't, he hadn't wanted anybody from the family down there unless he was there. But um, the police was, and searchers could go around, I guess, mm -hmm. all over the land and right found nothing. They found nothing. And what did the dogs? Did the dogs leave? Um, any sort of idea is did they catch her scent anywhere out in the woods, out by the road? Anything? The only the only scent that that is reported in the police reports is that us her scent was from the garage area down the driveway to the end of the driveway, and they lost the scent after that. Okay. How soon? And I know that you've been in your mother's house since she disappeared. How long after she disappeared did you get to do that? I've not been allowed in the house. You've not? No. Oh, okay. All right. I must have misunderstood that. Since so since she disappeared June 10th, 2016, you've never been in the house again? Nope. Have any of your other family members been in there? I know that your uh, mother has some brothers and sisters. Have any of them been in the house, to your knowledge? Uh, my aunt went down... Um, and went in the house, um, the day after she came up missing. And, um, that's the last person on my mom's side of the family that's been allowed, 
I take that back. My brother went down to have a talk with him um, to see if uh, he could get him to say anything or whatever. And he said that he actually asked Terrence if he killed his mother and he said no and the subject got changed. So I take that back. My brother was there um, and had a conversation with Terrence, um, but that's it. Okay. So. All right. Let's talk about some other things regarding uh, this disappearance. Uh, we already have on the record that Terrence told uh, multiple different stories to different people, um, told a variety of different family members different stories. Uh, there was a vigil uh, that at some point was held for Rosemary and right. – Tell the listeners what happened regarding that. I set up a vigil um, that July, and um, I invited everybody to come. And um, Terrence didn't come down to the vigil. He knew that we was there. I was told ahead of time that I wasn't allowed on his property. And um, so um, I don't know to this day why I wasn't allowed on the property, but... I wasn't allowed on the property, and so I had the vigil at the end of the driveway on the street, and um, Terrence did not come out to go to the vigil, or, or he came partway down the driveway, turned around, and went back up, and locked up his doors, and shut his windows, and all that stuff, but never came to the vigil. So, um, And I'm guessing upsetting. that the people that came to this vigil uh, probably noticed that, and that must have been a topic of conversation. Yes, there was a reporter there um, with a camera that was, you know, had it on camera and was taking pictures and interviewing and, and um, he was there and, and like I said, family members and me and my boyfriend was there and Terrence came down and I don't know if he's seen the cameraman or if it was just who was there or what, I don't know, but he turned around and went back up into the house, shut his garage door and didn't come back out for the vigil at all. All right. After your mother disappeared, uh, did Terrence uh, continue to spread these rumors about her mental state and the dementia? Yes. yes. Okay. He, who uh, was who was he talking to this? Who was he telling this to? Well, he told it to the officers in BCI, and he's also told it to other family members like my aunt Helen and my my aunt Debbie, my aunt Louise. Um, he was telling everybody um, that she had the onset of dementia and it's been proven through BCI and through the, the police department down in Carrollton that she did not have dementia. It's in the report. Uh, is it your impression that maybe these um, brothers and sisters of your mother maybe saw her or communicated with her more than you did? Um, yes. My, my aunt Helen only lived like five minutes away. And that's who she was talking to the night before for four hours. Um, my mom would, with her being closer, and that's the only family member that was that close to her. She spent a lot of time with Aunt Helen. Um, but like I said, my Aunt Helen's husband was real ill. So she spent, they spent as much time as they could together right. and talking and, on the phone and stuff. And did your Aunt Helen ever see any signs that your mother had dementia or early on had set Alzheimer's, anything like that? No. 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 Uh, do you know what the – being that they talked for four hours, which sounds like a long time to me, do you know what the topic of conversation was that day that Rosemary and Helen talked? 
Um, the only thing that I, I had got out of the conversation is that my mom talked about various things and my aunt, my aunt Helen was explaining to her about her husband being sick and, you know, nothing major. My mom just liked to talk because being out there where there was no one around, mm -hmm. um, her only way of communication was talking on the phone because she wasn't computer savvy. You know, she didn't have a cell phone. So phone was her main source of communication. So if you got talking on the phone with mom, she'd love to talk. So he was on for a while. If she would call me, we'd be on the phone for a couple hours. So anybody that she usually talked to, um, you you were on the phone for a while because she wanted to tell you everything, you know. So I don't think it was anything major. I just think she was just having conversations with her sister. Okay. Next topic. Terrence, I guess um, the day of your mother's disappearance and, and even maybe even the day is a little bit up in the air at this point, but June 10th, 2016, he was actually caught on video driving your mother's car. What can you tell the listeners about that? Yes. Um, there's a, a coal mine at the end of the street, um, which is like, I would say a couple of miles down the road, there's a coal mine and they had cameras on there and they have on camera and I have it in the reports um, where he, at, it started at 7.08, he was on camera, first time driving my mom's car, um, down the road, gone 13 minutes, and back. And then, um, I don't remember the times right now, I would have mm -hmm. to look at reports. That's fine. But several times during the day, he was driving my mom's car, down the road, come back, and driving his truck, down the road, come back. And they have him on camera doing it, so... Um, and did in any of the any of the talks that he had with police, did he explain that yeah I went I went somewhere in her car and then I was in my truck or did he ever say anything that to anybody? Um, to be honest with you, that's some of the issues that they're not um, giving me details on right at this point in time. Okay, how did you even find out about the video and how would the I guess, was it the police that discovered that this video to look at this video? Do you know how that came about? Um, I don't know how they found out about the video, about the cameras. Um, I do know that when um, BCI had come to my home to get uh, DNA, um, they had gone over and then um, Captain Graham, which is taking care of the case down in Carrollton, he came and he had the same report and they was, you know, giving me um, details, some details about my mom's case, and they went over, um, you know, how many times they had seen him that day, and they were looking at other vehicles that had gone by or whatever, you know, so that's how they, I don't know how they found out about the camera. He never explained. I didn't think to ask, okay. and, um, and then my private investigator that I had, um, he also got the reports, and it was all in the reports also, so. So it could be that Maybe the people at this coal um, mine heard about the disappearance. Said, "Hey, maybe we should check our video cameras to see if there's any information on there, anything of noteworthy." And maybe saw the car, or and turned it over to the police. Or it could be the police were looking into this. They rode by the, the coal mine building, saw the video cameras on the front. Said, "Hey, maybe we can get some information." You just don't know. No, I don't know. Okay, so he's driving up and down the road doing something. Um, both your mother's car. And his truck, uh, has he ever told you or anybody else what he was doing? No. 
um, Terrence, um, pretty much when it comes to um, my mom being missing, don't even ask anything about the case or if she's found or if they know anything. Um, to be honest, Ter Terrence pretty much doesn't ask anything. All right, but the police would surely ask him, but if they did, they haven't told you what his answers were. No. Now, you did have a conversation with Terrence at some point. I don't know. I don't have it written in my notes when this exactly happened. But he had a, he said a sentence to you that was um, uh, somewhat interesting. Why don't you tell listeners about that? I, I spoke with Terrence um, several times after my mom came up missing. Because like I said, every time I wanted to go down, he would deter me from going. So I'm kind of like on pins and needles wanting to go on. So I would talk to him and um, he said several different things that I didn't catch on to until later in, you know, later on. But um, he, he said that uh, they were going to pin this on me. And I'm like, dad, what are you talking about? Pin what on you? And he said that uh, her death. And like I said, I didn't catch it at first, but you sit back and you, you rewind everything in your head and keep rewinding. And then I remembered that he had said that. And that was the day, June 10th, um, that he had said that to me. And I don't know, you know, I don't know why he said it. I can only think I know why he said it. But he mm -hmm. said that they were going to pin her, her death on him. And I said, and why, would they, why would they pin a death, her death on you? He goes, I don't know. I just know they're going to. Right. Why would it? Why would he say that if nobody even knows that she's dead or not? Exactly. And once again, just to be clear, do you know on what day he said that to you? June 10th. So the very day when all of this got started, you know, he, you know, you find out about her missing. He finally calls some of your family and everything that same day when he talked to you on the phone and I'm guessing it's the same conversation where he told you he got up at five in the morning and then she was gone at seven. Within that same conversation, he said that the police are going to try to put pin her death on him. Correct. Yep. Okay. That was the same same conversation, same time on the phone. Mm. That's a very interesting thing to say, especially when nobody's even said that she's passed away yet by whatever means. Another okay. interesting thing was three days later, they were him and uh, my aunt Deborah and uh, her daughter Miranda. Um, three days after um, he came back from his disappearing, um, they had um, a balloon where they let balloons go up to heaven. And uh, my mom was still considered missing. Um, no one had said she was dead or, you know, she was still considered a missing person. And uh, it still weighs on me because uh, why would you let balloons go? You only do that for people that are in, you know, this for people that are in heaven that are gone already. And I guess there were sayings on the balloons, like, I hope you get these in heaven and stuff. Well, she wasn't considered dead. She was considered missing. So why would you do that? And we have to remind the listeners he did that, but he didn't want to come out for the vigil. Yep. And I, and the vigil was like, you said it was in July. This would have been a few days later when he came back from going missing himself. Exactly. He did that, but in a month later, he doesn't want to take part.
part in a vigil right right out in front of his house yes sir okay since rosemary disappeared he's what you told me put up cameras around his place yep and you also uh, discovered that he had a throwaway phone how did you find out about that he had called a um one of my cousins to tell him that my mom was missing and the phone number came up to that phone and it was a throwaway phone. So he had, so what you're saying is Terrence had two cell phones. Yes. One that he called, maybe called you on that day, June 10th, uh, maybe called other, other people, but then he also called somebody on a different number. Yes. And, um, BCI has the number and so does, uh, the police department and BCI tracked it back to um, a throwaway phone. Do you know if the police have ever seen that phone, gotten that phone, asked him about that phone? They, I, I don't know um, if they asked him about the phone, but the phone's never been found. Okay. And one more thing. And uh, he, uh, he gave me this, you told me the story about, him and his 180 IQ, this conversation that uh, I'm, I don't know when this occurred. You could tell the listeners, but he was bragging about his IQ to the cops. Yeah, he I don't know when it was. I know it wasn't long after mom came up missing was they um, had an interview with him at the police station. And um, he they put him in his room in the interview room and they him in a uh, Two officers came in to interview him, and he says, well, I'm going to kind of tell you before you even get started. I have an IQ of 180, so if you think you're going to win this, you're not. He said, I'm smarter than all of you, and that's what he told him, and that's how he started out the interview. So That's what one of the uh, police officers told you after? Yep. Yes. Did you find, about that, find out about that right away? No. When did you find out about that? Um, it was... Several months later, I was told because um, Captain Graham and Officer Watson came to my home to go over some of the stuff that was going on um, in the case and ask me questions, and uh, that was brought up during the conversation. And that story, and that story came up while they were filling you in. Yes, sir. All right. Well, just think it's kind of interesting. The he says you're not going to win this. Well, what is there to win? Right. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Now, I know that you uh, said that you have not been in the house since your mother disappeared. Then how did you find out about um, her Bible? Tell the story. This is a a key part, I think, of all of this, her Bible. Um, It's in my police reports um, that um, the day that she came up missing, they were taking pictures of stuff in her room, and um, it says that um, they opened the Bible and there was notes um, in her Bible that she had wrote um, about the abuse that she was taken and um, mentally and and physical abuse and verbal abuse. And she was writing notes and putting them in her Bible when things happened. So these are, have- once again, this are, these are things that you didn't know about. Uh, we already talked about it the, uh, earlier about how once Terrence uh, retired and you spend a lot more time around the house they weren't getting along as well and what you're saying is that every time they would have something go on that he abused or she would write a note in it about it and put it in her bible 
exactly. She um, and they got pictures of the notes, and um, uh, I have uh, pictures of some of the notes um, talking about how she was a burden to him, and he called her it. She was no longer Rosemary. Her name was it. And um, sorry, um, mm -hmm. she's not an it, but um, that that was some of the things that was wrote down that she wasn't allowed to have family out for um, dinners anymore. And there was no more Christmases and, you know, little things like that she would write down and they have pictures and in the little notes. So and it's definitely your mother's handwriting. Yes. I've seen them myself. Yes, it was her hand. Okay. So she was, this was her way of kind of keeping a diary. Right. And are you under the impression that I, uh, that Terrence knew she was doing this or not? I don't think he did. I don't think that they would have found him in the Bible if he knew that they were there. I really don't. Okay. Now, this is something else, and this uh, goes to maybe uh, a motive of all of this, if we're going to believe that Terrence had something to do with this. There was also a divorce letter in the Bible. She had wrote a, a divorce letter asking him to, um, all she wanted to do was have enough money, and she wanted to move into an assistant living, and she wanted him to help her do it. And she didn't want all his, she didn't want his house, his property. She just wanted enough money to be comfortable and that she wanted a divorce and um she had given from what i'm understanding um she gave him the the divorce letter the week that she came up missing and so you think that uh terrence at some point was able to read this letter she gave it to him yes and this you believe happened shortly before he disappeared she disappeared yes okay yes and she, uh, you've seen a copy of it. You've seen like a yes. photo of it. Yes. And she signed it. Uh, was is there any proof that Terrence ever saw it? There's no proof that he actually seen it. Okay. So we don't know for sure if he knew that she was planning to divorce him or not. All all we have is this letter. Unless we were get his fingerprints on the letter or something like that, there's no proof that he ever read it. No, there's no no proof. There's hearsay, but mm. uh, to be absolutely hundred percent, no. Right. Did were you or uh, I'm sure you've had a chance to talk uh, to your mother's brothers and sisters. Were any of them aware that she was thinking about divorcing him? Yeah, um, actually, um, she had told my aunt Louise. And she had, um, from what I was told, my Aunt Helen, um, my Aunt Debbie, um, she had made it um, clear to them that uh, she wanted a divorce. She was tired of being treated the way she was getting treated. Do you believe that the, the topic of this divorce came up in either of the phone conversations that your mother had the, that, the night before she disappeared with either um, Helen or Debbie? It might have came up with Helen, but I, like I said, I don't know positively. She's never told um, that you. It did. No. Okay. All right. So maybe there is uh, something there. She's wanting a divorce, and um, you don't need to be a missing persons expert to know that um, divorces sometimes do lead to disappearances. Yes. You know, a woman wants to leave a man, he gets ticked off, something happens, and I think it maybe sometimes happens the other way too, where a guy's getting a divorce and then 
the wife goes after him. It can sometimes cut both ways. What can you tell the listeners about her jewelry, her mother's jewelry? Um, one thing that really set, um, that really gets me was my mom wore her wedding bands. And she, even when she would have surgeries, she would make them tape them rings down. And she would not take them off for the, for nothing. And she always wore those rings. And she, and uh, in the police reports, it says that all her jewelry, including her wedding bands, are accounted for. And I know my mom would not took that jewelry off. That just does not sit right with me. I know better. So. Where is her jewelry now? Um, with him. With her husband. With Terrence. Yes. To your knowledge, it's still in the house where your mother lived. Yes. To Have you knowledge. gotten any of her belongings, possessions since she went missing? No. None. Nothing. Oh, I I do have a ring that my Aunt Debbie had given me, and she said it was my mom's. And um, I found a picture I have of my mom wearing it. So I do have one one ring, but that's that's all I have of my mom's. Okay. All right. So uh, you say that you'd never take your wedding band off, but it seems nope. that according to this report, but once again, you've never personally seen the jewelry. No. They didn't take any pictures of it to show you. You're just going really by police some police report. officer's report. Right. And, you know, I know that wedding bands are supposed to be unique, but it could be maybe that this person made a mistake. We just don't know. No. We don't don't know. But uh, Oliver, at least, uh, what we can say for sure is this wasn't some type of robbery because all of her jewelry was still there. Correct. Okay. Let's move on to a couple other things. Where did this... Um, you mentioned this gun. This was one of the multiple stories uh, that, that that came out of all of this that that I think Terrence and others told. Uh, did your mother carry a gun? Did she know how to use a gun? I've even read uh, a story which we now know is false, and this is the reason we do the these cases the way we do. There's a lot of misinformation out there. The fact is there was no gun that was ever found in the yard or anything else. No, there wasn't. Um, my mom... Um... My mom has always been around guns because Terry's always been around guns. He has several guns um, throughout his home in safes and this and that. My mom knew how to use a gun. She knew how to protect herself with the gun. She always kept a gun underneath her pillow in her bedroom. There was no guns missing when my mom came up missing. None at all. They're all accounted for. Um, that's in the police reports also. Um, there was no gun in the front yard, and my mom did not walk away with a gun. Um, I don't know where that story came from or how it even got out there, but it's all in my police reports. And I've even asked BCI, and I've asked all the officers down there, was there any guns found in the yard at all? And they said absolutely not. All right. So I, I have to tell you, I mean, I, I, I run into this maybe, I wouldn't say quite a bit but probably more than 50% that um, I get into these cases and you do find out some information is wrong or, of course, there's a lot of information that's left out of a lot of uh, public reports. Right. This particular case, Stacy, to me, seems to have a, an inordinate amount of misinformation regarding it. Right, exactly. Um, she has dementia. No, she doesn't. Doctors say so. 
there's a gun out in the front yard. No, she didn't carry a gun. No, she, you know, it's, it's very interesting. It seems like somebody or some people close to your mother have certainly let the rumor mill turn since she d- disappeared and trying Absolutely. to muddy, the, try, trying to muddy the waters, I would say. Absolutely. And that's exactly how I feel. I feel that there were stories put out there to try to make her look bad, make her look like it was her fault that she disappeared or she just decided to walk into the woods and get lost. I know that's absolutely incorrect. I know that for a fact. Um, There's just, like I said, if you're not guilty, stories don't change. That's right. If if you fall down and scrape your leg and you go to tell somebody you fell down and scrape your leg, you tell them the same story because that's the truth. If you're n- not telling the truth and you're guilty of something, then that story is going to keep changing because you can't remember the story you told before. Yeah. Sorry, that's how I look at it. Yes. Let's go back to something uh, that we mentioned before we even started talking about the day of her disappearance. And this was that Terrence might have been having an affair. In the letter that the police saw, I know you have not seen it firsthand. You saw a picture of it. Is there anything in that letter about Rosemary suspecting that Terrence was having an affair? Or, just to give you a choice, or do you think this divorce that she wanted to have was just all about the abuse that she was suffering? I think it was probably both. Okay. But once again, in that letter, did she say anything about him cheating on her? No. She didn't. Okay. No. And given uh, that I, I think that your uh, Aunt Debbie was very honest and forthcoming in saying that there was an argument they had, and I guess she was more than honest about what the topic was. Right. Have you been able to talk to Debbie about – her and Terrence, and does she deny to this day that anything was going on? Once again, the only reason I'm asking you this is because Debbie brought it up. Right. Yeah, I have had a conversation with Debbie about it, and she swears that nothing has ever gone on between her and Terry. Okay. Terrence. All right, Terrence. And just to be clear, since uh, your mother disappeared, um, do you know if Terrence has been in, got into any other relationships very quickly after your mother disappeared? What can you tell the listeners about that? There, I haven't seen it myself firsthand, but I've heard rumors that Terrence is seeing somebody. Um, I have not seen it myself and I don't know for sure, because like I said, I'm not allowed down on the property. I'm not, you know, I go down to investigate and look and it, you know, but I've never actually myself with my own eyes seen Terry with anybody else. Terrence uh, with anybody else. Okay. And just to maybe dot dot the I's cross the T's, um, if Terrence was gone for these three days, you don't know of anybody within your mother's circle of family or friends who could have gone with Terrence, gone away with Terrence for those three days? Not at that point in time, no. No. Um, no. Um, because everybody um and my mom's family was accountable for those three days. Terry, okay. Terrence was the only one not accountable. Okay. So what I guess what I'm saying is that if he did, did have another woman on the side and he went away and maybe went with her, it would have had to have been somebody outside the family, outside all these circle of people who cared about your mother. I think so. Yes. 
Okay. All right. Um, but I do know that, um, you know, Terrence is not poor. In fact, you've told me, you know, he and your mother were well off. Yes, they were. Okay. Do you think that, you know, Terrence is an older guy. We need to be, be clear about this. How old is he? He's 70 now. 70 now. So he would have been about your mother's age, almost the exact same age when she disappeared. Yes. Yeah. We're not going to get into names, even though we have talked about some names off the record here, your suspicions, but I don't think that we want to, I mean, it's just a rumor and things, and I don't want to get into that in this, but you have a suspicion that maybe if Terrence did do something to it, to her, and that's, this is all facts we're talking about. I can't help it when the facts make people look a little suspicious, but you don't think that Terrence might've done this on his own. Um, to be honest with you, no, um, I don't think that Terry Terrence could to, could do this on his own. I, I really don't. I think that, um, uh, he had hap. I think he had help after the fact. And I think that there's more people that know what went on with my mother and that aren't telling. All right. And to be honest with you, being that he is has some money. Do you think that he is spreading the money around maybe to some people, not just maybe he paid a couple people off to after the fact accessories after the fact, but do you, you've told me that you believe he may be spreading some money around to keep some people quiet too. And we're once again, we're not getting into names regarding that, but that's a possibility. I, I, I honestly believe that because like I said, there's no way that after the fact, um, Terrence could do this on his own. Um, yes, because I don't, I mean, if this was two 25 year olds, could a 25 year old male pick up, uh, your average, a size 25 year old female and, you know, put her in a car? Sure. Right. But a 68 year old, probably not. No. So Um, if we're to believe that something happened and he took your mother somewhere, he might have needed help to carry her out to a car or something. Yeah, because he has bad knees, and I know for a fact he has really bad knees, and um, there's no way he couldn't. After the fact, I don't think, my personal opinion is, I don't think that uh, the initial um, act, he had any help. I think he had help after Yes, right, right. So. Right. And this could be a situation that it was a, maybe a crime of passion. They get in an argument and don't even know if it was uh, something planned. Once again, I'm willing, as with all of these cases, I'm willing to listen to what anybody has to say about any other theories or anything else. We're not trying to point the finger necessarily at Terrence. All we're right. doing is going through the facts of the case. We can't help it that a lot of these roads lead back to Terrence. Correct. Right, Stacy. We can't. Yes. It's not my fault or your fault, or anybody else in your family's fault. That Terrence has told different stories to different people. No. You know, Terrence no. is the guy with the 180 IQ, so he should be smart enough to keep his story straight. Exactly. Okay. I totally agree. Okay. So now I know that since I mean this is a relatively, and this is probably one of the newest disappearances that 
Unfound is covered. And of course, Unfound got started just a few months after this disappearance occurred. But you've been doing a lot. I know that uh, you've been doing a lot of media appearances uh, in Ohio since this all happened. Why don't you tell the listeners about everything that you've done? I think it's very admirable. I think you're doing a good job. Tell them. Um, Right after my mom came up missing, I had a GoFundMe account where I um, uh, got a private investigator. Um, I went from a private investigator to sending out several hundreds of uh, flyers. Um, I got a billboard down in Carrollton. I paid for a, the right in the middle of town. I had a big billboard put up. I um, done on camera with WTOV um, News in Wheeling, West Virginia. I did a, on. They did a whole story about my mom on camera on the news. Um, I've done newspaper ads uh, up where I live and down where my mom lived. And um, I've also done um, doing podcasts. I'm doing Mm -hmm. everything that I could possibly do to try to find my mom, try to find some answers, um, give her peace um, that she deserves. and you've printed out some flyers or, or maybe you're going to that I think are fairly unique. I printed out uh, flyers that told, um, which I've already sent it out. I sent them out to all um, Terrence's uh, neighbors within a three mile radius of his home. And I put his version of the story in the truth. And then I went through and each story that he has told about my mother, about dementia, I told the truth and put it, you know, said his was false, mine's true. And I put the truth and I sent out the flyer with all her information and her picture on it. Um, I don't want people to think that my mom had dementia or she was walking around with a gun because they're not true. And um, I made sure to put that on the flyers. Um, so everybody would know that none of that was true. So. And in the last almost two years, um, has uh, Terrence ever called you to threaten you or, or anybody, anybody associated with him at all? Does he have any family that maybe has tried to contact you? Anything like that go on over the last almost two years? No, I the, I have not heard anything from Terrence. Um, he pretty much stays to himself. Um, um, I have heard through um, neighbors that I know down there and through the police department that they're all shunning him down there. So he pretty much just keeps to himself. Um, nobody really wants to associate with him. Um, as far as his family, um, I think it's just like one or two um, family members that really have anything to do with him. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that most people know um, what happened, and uh, it's just proving it. Yeah, that's that's where we're at right now is finding her and then being able to. I feel that once my mom is found, the puzzle pieces will come together, and we'll have all the answers we need. Let me just ask you maybe a few more questions about the the, the facts of the case. Do you know if the the police uh, ever were able to track Terrence's phone? Do you think that they would even tell you if they did? I've asked about it, and they said that's one of the details that they can't come – they can't tell me anything about at this point in time. Okay, but they they have looked into that, and we have to remember that he had a throwaway phone, which – as we are all finding out more and more, very difficult to trace. But it sounds to right. me like he had a regular phone too. 
he had a regular phone and they also did uh, reports on the home phone. Okay, so. very good. Now, something else maybe that we should have talked about is that uh, it seems to me, um, just from what I gathered from the conversations that we've had, Stacy, that there are many people who are kind of afraid of Terrence, aren't they? There's quite a few, and I'm not going to be um, shy about it. I am too. Um, I never used to be, but mm -hmm. um, some of the things that I found out, um, you know, that I never knew um, makes me afraid of him. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that he did something to my mother, and I just, uh, I have a fear, and there's quite a few other people out there that just fear him and just stay away from him. And when you say you have a fear, is it, I mean, obviously the biggest, of course, reason you would think that is because of your mother disappearing, but are there any other reports out there of him doing anything to anybody else over the course of his life, to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Um, I had my private investigator go back as far as that he was able to go back, and uh, there was just nothing. Um, mm -hmm. This was also everything that I have found out since mom's been missing is so out of character. All right. And wow. we have to remind the listeners, this is a guy who was married to your mother for 32 years, knew her for like at least 10 years, more than that. Yeah. And a man that you were around for a, a large majority of your adult life. Exactly. And I never, like I said, um, I tell everybody, I just never, um, I didn't start realizing what was going on until BCI came to my home and um, everything that Terry had told me was a lie. And um, I was just blown away. I, when BCI left, I looked at my boyfriend. I said, everything Terrence has told me is a lie, everything. And it just blew me away because I had no reason to not believe him. And uh, like I said, it was just so out of character. A lot. Of, my mom was not very open with the abuse that she was taking. She pretty much kept it to herself. And uh, it was very surprising to, to hear a lot of the stuff that I found out since she's been missing. So um, it's just really hard for me to wrap my mind around. Yeah. You told me that the the vehicles that they had at the time are uh, that that um, Terrence doesn't own them. Do you know if those vehicles uh, were ever gone through after he got rid of them or sold them? Do you know? I have no idea. All I know is I went down um, just to look around and do some searching and stuff, and on my own, and um, I noticed both vehicles were different. Um, I don't know what he did with them or where they went or anything of that such nature. Um, so I just know that they're different. My mom's car is different, well, which would have been her car. And uh, he has a new uh, pickup truck. So. Right. And it should be that you do have a suspicion about where your mother might be found. We don't want to say it on here because we don't want to tip anybody off. Exactly. But you have a theory regarding that, that we've, mm -hmm. we've talked about. And I think it's a very good one. I think it's very solid. And I hope that uh, you can get the police to follow through with looking into that at some point, if possible. But you Correct. do have a theory. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, I just, 
I don't really want to discuss what that. No, we don't. No, we don't want to right talk now about because that. I I don't want. Um, if I am correct on what I'm thinking, I don't want to mess that up. Of course you don't. So. No, we don't. Once again, we don't want to tip anything off. But this would kind of tie into the idea that maybe um, Terrence might have had some accessories, uh, accomplices after the fact for this. Exactly. Okay. Yes. How would you say you're doing, Stacy? Once again, I know it's going to be two years coming up very quickly. Um, you're doing a lot. Uh, I can tell you that I, my impression is that you know this case, your mother's disappearance backwards and forwards. Um, but how are you, how are you doing uh, emotionally with all of this? Um, emotionally, it's um, I'm trying to be strong because uh, me being strong is what's going to help find her. But uh, to be honest, uh, she's the first thing I think of in the morning and the last thing I think of before I go to bed at night. And um, I just, uh, I miss my mom. I, I miss uh, seeing her blue eyes. I miss hearing her voice. I miss hugging her. And uh, I just, uh, I want to be able to give my mom the peace that she deserves. And, and uh, she's not going to settle until I have this taken care of and that's what I plan on doing um I plan on if it's the last breath in me I'm going to find my mom and give her the justice that she deserves um you it's so many things that have gone on the last years like she's been on Fox 8 News um her her case has um the news media the newspapers the billboards the newspapers um anything you know I, I tell everybody even the littlest thing you might not think is important but it might be just enough that it gives us answers that we need so yeah. um, that's my main thing is you know anybody you just never know the littlest things might be what you need to fit in that puzzle what about your brother uh, we haven't really talked about him too much uh, he was the one who actually grew up with your mother, he was there when Terrence was there. I guess when Terrence and uh, Rosemary first met, and, and and while you were with your biological father, uh, you right. did mention that he tried to go down and talk to Terrence one time. Uh, how has he handled this? Um, to be uh, frank with you, um, my mom had pretty much distanced herself from my brother because um, my brother's. Uh, been in a lot of trouble as an adult mm. and um, he brought a lot of um, issues to my mom and she had to step back from him and uh, he's uh, been in out of in and out of trouble his whole adult life okay. so it was kind of I don't really um, have a whole lot to do with my brother um, I did talk to him on several occasions after my mom came up missing and um, he um got a little out of hand so i had to step back from the situation with my brother at this point in time okay fair enough uh do you have a website uh facebook page what would you like to tell the listeners about uh all of that where they can find you online social media my mom has her own um facebook page it's rosemary raps uh, facebook um she has her own um page through mine uh, i would Welcome anybody. Lynette White is uh, my Facebook page, and you can get to her page through mine. Um, all is welcome um, to her page, and uh, I try not. I 
try not to have any drama on her page. It's to, um, you know, show appreciation for her and respect for her. So I try not to have no drama on. I've had to take several things off because it was drama, but it's mainly just to show her appreciation and respect on that page. So uh, everybody's welcome, though. And once again, uh, you don't have to say it again because I know that you have – you don't go by – uh, Stacy B's on on Facebook. Uh, I will make that clear as we lead up to this episode. You you don't have to say what the name you use on there. I, I'm okay. gonna guess that you use a different name for for re for reasons. Um, but everybody will surely know at least in the Unfound Podcast discussion group who you are. I'll make sure that they know that, okay. and I will make sure everybody knows about both your mother's personal page and the page that you are running regarding her disappearance. Okay. Uh, any last words before we complete this interview, Stacy? Um, I just want to thank everybody for uh, the support. Um, I've had a lot of people that I don't know show a lot of support for my mother, and and uh, it's very much appreciated. And uh, all the help and uh, caring means a lot, and it, it really touches my heart. And I want to thank everybody. Very good, Stacy, including you. Oh, well, you're welcome. Uh, I'm happy to do it this for you, uh, to do this episode for you. Uh, it's been uh, a pleasure getting to know you, and I want to keep working with you with you on this, even after the episode airs. Okay, that's something yes, that my listeners are more and more finding out about. That after an episode has been aired, I continue to con- keep in contact with most of my guests, and I try to help them in any way I can. So, I hope that I can do that with you. Yes, very much so. Right. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you for being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Stacy Bison, daughter of Rosemary Rapp. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. On Unfound's Facebook Live show on Wednesday night, I mentioned how much misinformation was out there in public regarding this case. Rosemary Rapp had dementia. Not true. There was a gun found in the yard. Not true. Rosemary Rapp could walk away from the house. Not true, considering her physical condition at the time. You heard the interview. I'm sure you can find some other inconsistencies as well. This is especially disconcerting given that this isn't that complex of a case, especially compared to disappearances like Aaron Barnard's or Jeremy Burt's or Tiffany Daniels. In those, I understand why there are facts that turn out to not be so. There is so much information that things can easily get cloudy with no fault on anyone involved. But in Rosemary's, I am very convinced there are people, yes, people, plural, who have put erroneous information out there for the purpose of making this disappearance appear to be something that it wasn't. I don't know how anyone could come to any other conclusion than that. As for what happened... You don't need to be Columbo to conclude something happened in the house. And Terrence Rapp should be the prime person of interest. The multiple different stories would be reason number one. However, as was stated in the interview, Stacy and I believe there are others within the family and outside of it who know what happened as well. We couldn't get into that information because we didn't want to tip anybody off. Also, Stacy has come to a very logical conclusion as to where her mother is. But once again... We couldn't get into that because she doesn't want to give anything away. I wish I could say more, but this is what happens when you cover disappearances that are so new. 
If Rosemary's case was 20 years old, I'm sure Stacy and I would handle the information in a different way. But for now, some facts and theories have to be kept off the record. I will surely update all of you when Stacy permits me to do so. And I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a five-star review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.